0: last week we began a series titled stronger stronger and it was the, the first one and was we called it pray it praying it forward pray it forward and the we went over seven things that we need to do to grow spiritually that we need to pray that we would grow because you know strength doesn't just happen it doesn't come to us instantly it's not just right away just all of a sudden, as soon as we get saved, boom, now we're all just real super strong in the lord we're we're all just mature in the Lord and, and we just know God, and we you know all just right off. There are things that that we've got to do to get stronger, and so we did these seven things to help us grow spiritually using paul's prayers in Ephesians in chapter one and chapter three of Ephesians, he had these prayers that he prayed for ephesus, and it really Outlined the type of growth that we need, that he wanted for them, uh, that he wanted for. He was he was so you know he loved all of these people. When he wrote these letters, I mean, he just cared for them so much, and he prayed these prayers. The type of growth that he wanted them to have, and so we started breaking those down a little bit on those seven. And this morning we're going to expand the first one. The thing is, is I don't want to get so busy this fall because the fall is just so busy and everything with school getting going and uh, all the stuff that's going on that I forget to work on growing spiritually. How many can just say, Yeah, I agree with that. I don't want to get so busy that I don't work on my spirit man, growing my spirit man, getting into the Word, praying and being before Him and to to accept His plans. And so. Uh, and and to claim His promises. So there's many of these that we're going to be expanding that we looked at last week. We're going to expand each and every week. And I don't want to take a break because we shouldn't take a break uh, from our pursuit of God. We've always want to pursue Him, to run after Him. Laying it down. Just like we had that word this morning. We lay it down at His feet. We lay it all. We give it all and we serve Him. And to do that, there's work that has to be done. There's work that we've got to do. And I know for some of us, the word work is, you know, it's like that's allergic, you know, to us, we're allergic to it. Uh, That's what I like to say uh, when it's my day off, I'm allergic to do anything else, I just want to sit right here. uh, The word work today, I'm going to get an allergic reaction to that word if I hear it. Uh, You know, so some of us, we we just, we don't like it, but, you know, this is a good kind of work. You know how you got some work that you just, that's no good, like cleaning out the closet, that's just not fun. But there's some work, it is fun. And, and, and it is good. And when you do this, and sometimes it may, s- not, it may seem like, oh, it's not a good, you know, I don't really want to get started. I don't want to. But once you get started with it and you get going, you realize, man, I should have been doing this all along. And you know, the sense of accomplishment that you get from cleaning out the garage or cleaning out that closet afterwards. Isn't it great? Isn't it awesome? You know, and the sense of accomplishment that you get... When you have heard God's voice and you act on it and you move on it, it's unmatched. It's totally unmatched. And so when God has spoken to you and He's given you a word, and when you step out and you begin to act on it, there's nothing like it. It's that same feeling of satisfaction of what, you know, cleaning out that garage, that thing you didn't want to do, but when you did it, oh my goodness, man, it's so much better. But let's read in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 through 17. He says, For this reason I too. Um, Daniel, turn me down just a little. I'm getting a little feedback, but can you guys hear me okay? You guys hear me all right, good. For this reason I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Now that that last verse there, verse 17, that we just read, that revelation in the knowledge of Him. The New Living Translation says, grow in your knowledge of Him. And in another version it says that you may know God better. And that's what the title of this message is this morning. That's the first one we went over. First thing that we can do to grow spiritually is to know God better. And so we're going to talk about how we get to know God better. And you say, well, TJ, I know a lot of this and I know a lot of that. We're going to go over it anyways, and I'm going to show you a couple of things of why we're going over it and why we're digging into it. You know, in this passage, it's real clear that Paul, he's talking to Christians, he's talking to the church. This is not something he's talking to people who are uh, unsaved. He's talking to people who already know God, who have been introduced to God, who know who Christ is, who knows, they, they know the gospel, they've been preached the gospel, but he wants them to increase in their knowledge of Him. Who wants some increase? Yeah, I want some increase as well. I want some. I want me some increase of God. Just period, in my life, I want to know God better. And so there's five practical things that we can do that will lead us to a higher knowledge of God. The first one, number one, we're going to go through some of this a little quickly, and we're going to spend a little bit more time on a couple of the other points this morning. The first one here is study His works. Study His works. When you want to get to know someone, you study their works. If you want to get to know Shakespeare, you do what? You study his works, right? You begin to look at what he's done, what he accomplished. You begin to read about him. You may get some history books on him. Or look up and uh, now everything's on the internet and Google. And we'll just type in Shakespeare. And we got the Wikipedia and we're, we're, we're just studying out because we want to know a little bit more uh, about Shakespeare. So you study his works, when you want to get to know someone, this is true with anyone, when you want to get them to know someone, you ask stuff about them, what they've done, where they've come from, those kind of things. You know, another example of this is uh, colleges and universities. When they're trying to uh, get uh, somebody's application for college, like Brandon will be doing this year. You know, and he's going to be sending out applications to college. What are they going to do? They're going to be looking at him. They're going to be looking at all that he's done. His body of work during high school, right? What classes did he take? What's the grade point average? Now, some, you know, some colleges don't really they require a little less and some colleges require a lot more. And most of the time you have to write an essay paper and you've got to write that why because they want to get to know who's coming to their university and you've got to tell them and convince them why you're you're are good enough, so to speak, to be at that university. And so these universities and colleges, you know, they're looking at those students and they're trying to look at all that they've done, they're looking at their works to get to know them a little better before they accept them into the college. And so a person's work, why is that? Why does, why does some of that, you know, if, if a person has a, a 2.0 grade point average compared to a 3.5 or 4.0, what does that tell you about a person? It tells you that one works a little harder than the other, right? Most likely. Now, I mean, there could be some other reasons or what have you, but a lot of times when you study someone's works, it can tell you a little something about their character. Whether or not they work hard, whether or not there's something in them. And so, when you're getting to really know someone and you want to know their character, you study their works. And God has left a testimony of His works in the world That we can look at and appreciate. And there's three primary testimonies of God. One is creation. Another is the God-given conscience that He's given to each one of us. And another is His care. His love for us and how He takes care of us. So let's look at the first one. The creation of the physical world. And you know, David and Angela, they're not here this morning. They're on the west coast and they're in uh, in Oregon on a trip seeing her, her father. Well, on Facebook, they were posting some pictures, and Carrie Ann was looking at it, and she was born in Oregon, and her grandfather's out there, and we took a trip. And it's just, when you go to some of the places out there, it's just really beautiful. I mean, it's just gorgeous, the way it looks. And so Angela's taking all these pictures of of the coast out there, and she's posting this stuff on Facebook. And Carrie Ann's like going, oh my goodness, I wish I was there just to see it. Because it's so awesome. It's so beautiful. And in Psalms 19, verse 1, it says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display His craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make Him known. Number 3, verse 3, They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. Isn't that so true how that God speaks to us in creation? This scripture is telling us that when God created the world, that God was giving us a picture of who he is. When you look at how uh, how the universe and how big and how expansive it is, when you look at the creation, how beautiful certain areas are, and stuff, you think, "Man, the majesty of God is just so awesome because he's greater, he's more beautiful, he's more he's, he's bigger, he's more majestic than all of that." And this he's just giving us a taste of who He is just from His creation of the physical world. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Psalms 139, verse 13 says, For you formed my inner parts, you wove me in my mother's womb, and I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful all are your works, and my soul knows it very well. So one of the other creations that God and physically here is you and me. God created you. God created me. And you know, scientists have studied, and and you know, doctors, they they look at the inside and how the human body is put up, uh, put together, and everything. And they still don't understand at all. You know, we really shouldn't be walking and breathing, right? How many's ever heard that before? Where it's like they just they don't understand. You know, they still don't understand. You know, conception. They don't understand that little spark of light that goes. That's because God created life. God is the creator of life. Amen. Amen. So He is the one who creates. And I tell you, it's just when you really examine and you look at it, it really makes Him known. You can really appreciate. And the second one is the gift of personal conscience inside every human being. God's marked His existence in every single heart. Whether someone acknowledges it or not, it doesn't matter. Everyone has a sense of right or wrong. Everyone's got a conscience now. It may not be trained right. That conscience may not be trained right, but they've got it. They've got it. Every person has at least some sense of right or wrong, or and wrong. Where did this sense of right and wrong come from? It came from God. Romans 1.18 tells us, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who su- suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident where? Within them. For God made it evident to them For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. There's no excuse for not knowing God. Verse 21, For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore God gave them over in the lusts of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And that's exactly what man does is he'll look a lot of times, you'll see, oh, the world just, it just exploded and it just came, it just came into being. They take God out of the picture and they give all the credit to some big happenstance explosion because, and they're really looking at man, looking at everywhere, where all, the, all the beasts and the crawling things on the earth, and they're saying, oh, God didn't do all that, and they're worshiping themselves. Worship, they suppress the truth that's right there within them, that conscience that God has given us, they suppress it and throw it down and explain it off when we know the truth is that we have a personal, we have a conscience that God has given us. The third thing is expressions of love from God. Expressions of love from God. You know, you think about all the times that God has shown up in your life and took care of you. We could be here all day. If I took the microphone and went around to each of you just asking about how, how in your life, can you look back and say, what is one way that God had took care of something? You know, where you look back and say, there is no way I would even be here today without God. Amen. Just by a testimony, just raise your hand if that's you. You're like, you've got one seat. We'd be here all day. We'd be here all day. So that is that is a way that we can see that expression of God, how that we're here. It's only because of the love from God, the miraculous intervention of God. Psalm sixty-six, five says, Come and see the works of God, who is awesome in His deeds towards the Son of Man. Acts 17.24 says, The God who made the world and all things in it, since He is Lord of heaven and earth does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is He served by human hands, as though He needed anything, since He Himself gives to all people life and breath And all things He gives to all people. It's His care. It's Him. He's the one who gives it. And He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God if perhaps they might grope for Him and find Him, though He is not far from each one of us. For in Him we live and move and literally exist. In King James it says, Have our being. Literally, we exist. We have our being. We are in Him. It's through Him. It's His care for us that we even exist. That we live and move. That we are here today. The second thing, the second thing. So the first thing, you know, we study His works to get to know God better. We study His work. The second thing, we, everybody has to do, and we can't leave this out, even though most of us know this. We know this already. We have to receive His Son. Receive His Son. It's impossible. To fully know someone through just their works. At some point, you've got to develop a personal relationship with that person. See, you will never ever know Shakespeare intimately. Why? Because he's dead and gone, right? You can only study his works. So you're only going to get to know him so much by studying his works. But thank the Lord that God sent his only son to die for us, right? Gave his life for us so that we can get to know him he bridged that gap you know as sinful beings a lot of times we may say oh you know how can i have a relationship with a perfect god you know it, we're not deserving but through christ we are we're able to experience and get to know god almighty ephesians 1:16 through 17 i pray for you constantly asking god the glorious father of who Our Lord Jesus Christ. See, Paul introduces Jesus right here in this prayer to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. How do we grow in that knowledge of God? By Jesus Christ giving us that spiritual wisdom and insight. We do that by getting to know Him. In John 16, 6, as Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life No one comes to me but through me. And in verse 9, he says, He who has seen me has seen the Father. There's no other pathway, no other philosophies, no other religion that will take you to God. It's nothing but Jesus Christ, period. Amen? That's it. So the second thing is we receive His Son to get to know God better. So first, we study His work. Second, we receive His Son. And thirdly, we've got to study His Word. We've got to study His Word. To get to know someone better, you've got to listen to what they say. You've got to listen to their words. You know, a person's words will give you insight into their nature. It will give you insight into their values, their priorities. And when you hear and understand a person's words, you begin to understand things about their heart. Because the Scripture says, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, what? Speaks, right? And so you may, you may have heard this third one. You may have been one that said, oh, TJ, I have heard so many times that we've got to study the Bible, that we've got to read the Bible. I've heard it over and over and over again. Why are we going over this again? Because the stats say that Christians, they've done the polls, they've done it for years, and it pretty much hasn't moved. The needle hasn't moved. They poll the, you know, Christians, we're talking born-again, sold-out Christians, 80% do not read the Bible on a daily basis. 80 percent, and only 57 percent read on a semi-consistent basis. Matter of fact, it's like uh, the percentage. uh, There's a percentage that he says, you know, most only read four times a year. Four times a year. Now, this is not including the Sunday mornings when the when the preacher gets up and says the scripture. We're talking about other than that. You know, that doesn't count. We're talking about four other times. You know, most Christians, four times... That, that's sad, right? That's sad. We've got to study His Word. Now, think about America. Think about Christians in America. You know, if every Christian was reading and studying their Bible on a daily basis, and when the and the stat was the opposite. Like 80-90% of, of Christians in America were studying and reading their Bible on a daily basis. This nation would be a different nation, would it not? This would be a different place that we live in right now. And so, why do preachers get up and talk about reading the Word? Because we're not doing it, church. It's just the truth. You know, and it's not to bring condemnation on anybody. It's just to say what it is. It is what it is. And as, as Christians, as one that calls themselves born-again believers, sold out to Jesus Christ, we have got to get into the Word of God. Amen. We've got to know God better. Because as we get to know God better, that's when everyone that doesn't know God begins to see God in us and then they can come to know God. That's the key. But how can they see God in us if we don't know God? If we don't know His Word? We're not studying His Word. We can't be what God wants us to be as He's written in His Word if we're not in it. If we're not looking at it. If we're not getting into it. We're not digging into it. And let's say, you know, well, why, TJ, you know, why is this? You may say, you know, why is only 80%? Maybe you're one, you're like, you read the Bible all the time. You read at least three, four, five times a week, you know. During the week, you know, you pick it up and you do really good. And you're thinking, you know, well, why is this? Well, let's just be real, let's be honest. A lot of us just downright laziness. Right? Come on, I know it's not an amen, but at least give me an oh me. Somebody say oh me. Give me one of those. If you can't do an Amen. We just haven't developed those disciplines. Another reason is, though, we may have tried and come away not really understanding how to. You know, a lot of Christians get going, you know, like, oh, I'm going to read. And they're gung-ho. We're gonna, I'm going I'm to read. And they're down at the altar. God, I'm going to read your word every day. And they get down and they get back and they're trying and they're trying and they're trying. And it's just not working. You know, they pick up the word and they flip through and they're just, well, where do I read? And just, they open up and they're in Numbers. And they're just he begat it, and it's like, uh, you know, they they don't know what's going on, right? Let me give you five, little six things that we can that'll help us to have a better and more consistent devotional time. If you're in that eighty percent, this is for you. If you're in the twenty, you've already figured this out. But if you're in the eighty, listen really carefully. So that means most of you need to be listening real careful. <laughs> We can have fun this morning, right? Amen. The first thing is set a consistent time and place. A consistent time and place. And I'll give you one hint on this one. Eleven thirty at night when you're laying in your bed is not a good time. It's not a good time. Because the word can put you to sleep. You know, it really can. It's soothing, so you don't want to lay there at eleven thirty and that's your bed. you know, you're there. You'll go to sleep with the light on straight up, right away. And, and you know, you may be an early riser and you're just, you're just chipper first thing in the morning and reading the Word is just great for you in the morning. How many are like that? You're just, in the morning's my time. Now, how many of you are night owls? You're like, night time's way better for me. I'm sharper at night. It really doesn't matter one way or the other. Just get a consistent time and a place. The second one is establish a consistent pattern. In other words, have a plan. Get a pattern. Do it every day. The third thing, pray for wisdom, understanding. Pray that God will just open up His Word to you as you begin to read. And know what to look for. You know, there's three things primarily in the Word of God when you're reading. You've got precepts, principles, and promises. You want to look at those and know the differences between them. And I know we're kind of going fast and we're not getting this. If you need help with any of this, talk to me, talk to Dad, talk to someone that, that has been doing this and can get you a little help with it. They have all these reading plans. They've got all this stuff that you can do. Ask the appropriate questions when you're reading. Look at it and see what the context is, what the content is, and the current application, how you can apply it in your life context is really important when you're reading in the word i suggest a really good study bible and in the beginning it shows you kind of outlines when it was written who it was written for why you know they make make a lot of those good study bibles like that and use helpful devotional resources there's a lot of those but don't use those devotional resources in place of your consistent reading time use them in uh, as in, in addition to. In Matthew 4, four, Christ was being tempted and He said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We can't live just on food. Food takes care of our physical body. We need the Word of God. Amen. Again, if you want some uh, tips or extra help with any of that, be sure and ask us right after church. The fourth thing, and this is the one we're going to talk about just a little bit, is learn His ways. Learn his ways. This is one of the things that we need to do to get to know God better. You can really say that you know someone when you know their ways. That's when you can really say you get to know someone. Now, what is a way? A way is a method. It's kind of like the characteristics of how someone approaches life. Characteristically, how they think, how they do things, how they are. You know, if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. You know that person's way. You know them so well that you can just give them a look. You know, there's that look that says, you better just stop right now while you're ahead. And they just know what that look means and they know what's going to come later unless you stop doing what you're doing. And as married couples, you know, we have lots of looks. We've got the, you know, just stop it look. We've got the I love you look. We've even got the I want you badly look. Don't worry, there's no children in here, we're adults. Praise the Lord. Amen. I like that look. There's nothing wrong with those looks. So we got all kinds of looks because we know each other and we know our ways. We know each other's ways. And we go beyond just knowing something about them. We know I mean we know their character, what they're going to what they're thinking what they would respond how they would respond we know if they would like that movie or not or if they would like this show we know if they would talk how they think you know we just know it all and when you start to get to know god's ways and you start learning how he how how he does about things you know you start thinking as he thinks value what he values you start handling things like he would handle them and, and avoid what he would avoid. You know, a lot of us, we have this down already. You probably said, and you may have said, you know, I didn't handle that how God would, hand, would have handled that, or God would have wanted me to handle that. You know, we, so, so we begin to know and we begin to understand His ways. And when you can say something like that, you're on your path to knowing His way. Isaiah 55, 8-9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Psalms 25, verse 8, Good and upright is the Lord, therefore He instructs sinners in the way he leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way so we humble ourselves before him and he starts to teach us his ways now notice the scripture didn't say teaching him, them his word it says teaching them his way god's primary purpose in his life is not just to teach you his word that's not his primary purpose he doesn't want you to be that Christian who's just full of a bunch of knowledge, full of just a bunch of scriptures in your head, you know, and you can just recite a bunch of things. He wants that Word getting down into your heart so that you understand His way and you begin to act and think and do just as the Father thinks. That's His purpose. The Word of God is designed to help you live in the ways of God. Not just, it's not designed just so that we can memorize it. Or, or read it, or, or just just to get some good advice on how to live life. No. We want to learn His ways. We get that in us, not just in our mind, only in our heart, so that we can walk in truth. As it says in Psalms 86, 11, "...Teach me your way, O Lord. Teach me your way, then I will walk in your truth." Do you see that? You see that? "...Unite my heart to fear your name." We get taught His ways, we will walk in His truth." In Psalms 103.7, He made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the sons of Israel. Which is better, to know God's ways or to know God's works? See, from His works, we learn His way as we look, read in the Scripture. And see, that was the difference. And that's why God spoke to Moses, it says, as a friend would speak, as a man would speak to his friend. Abraham was counted as a friend of God. We can be counted as a friend of God. And that is the goal. It's not just to learn, not just to get good advice on living life. The fifth thing that we do to get to know God better. and this may seem a little strange to you, but it's imitate His character. You know that you know that you know God better when you begin to imitate his character. Here's the example. you know, my son. You know, Joshua, my oldest son, as he began to get older, and even when he was younger, you know, people would comment, Carrie Ann would say, he sounds just like you. He sounds just like you. And I don't like it. (laughs) I was like, what do you mean? And then she told me, I went, oh no, that's not good. So So son, he's imitating me. The good and the bad. Because there was the good things and, and the bad things that I, you know, the how I talk or how I may speak, he sounded just like me. And so the question is, do you sound just like your heavenly Father? Do you sound just like Christ? Do you sound just like Him? Do you think the way Christ thinks? Do you act the way that Christ acted? Do you love in the way that God wants you to love? Do you love in the way that Christ loved? When he was here on the earth, and so that's how we we, we look. We say, "How much do I know God?" In Ephesians 117, one more time, because see, you know, God needs representatives in this world. God needs people imitating His character. So, uh, Ephesians one seventeen, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight that you might grow in your knowledge. Of God, So we study His works. We receive His Son. We study His Word. We learn His ways. And we imitate His character. This is how we get to know the Lord. Can we all stand? I'm going to ask Justin to come up. I'm going to move this. Joshua, can you move this over to the side? This morning, a little bit different. God spoke to us right off the bat. He spoke to us really clear. He said, we've got to lay it all down. See, that first step, you know, we study His works, but then the next one was what? Receive His Son. To fully receive the fullness of God, to receive His Son, you have to lay down all of you. Do you know what I mean when I say all of you? You know, it's your wants, your desires, and you trade it in for what God wants for your life. You trade it in. You give it up, lay you down, and pick up Christ, His cross. In other words, you're being that representative on the earth, you're imitating His character. How well, church, how well do you know God? How well do you know Him? This week I've spent some time in prayer and and, you know as I was studying, I was looking, I said, God, I've got to know you more. I've got to know you better. Yes, I know you, but I've got to know you more. I've got to know you better. I've got to seek you. In the same way that when I first met my wife, and trust me, I went after her. I did. My thoughts were on her. That's all I thought about. I mean, I ran after her and I had to get to know her better. And I just had to spend more time with her. And it was like, at that time in my life, it was like nothing else mattered. I'm just being honest, nothing else did. It didn't matter. And church, we've got to get to the place where there's not a whole lot that matters other than just getting to know God better and His plan. And you just watch things start to fall. Into place in your life The things that are just out of place The things that are out of whack The things that you don't understand The things that you're like Why is this like this God Those things just begin to fall into place As you just turn over And you just lay this down before God Church do you feel it just a little bit Do you feel that tug That you've just you got to go a little deeper I, I mean I feel the tug And it's so strong That God is wanting us to get to know Him better more intimate. He wants us to lay down some stuff. If you've got something that you know in your life that is separating you from God, that is just, it's like this gulf, and it's like you just keep messing up, it's over and over, and you've fallen into that sin or that trap, this morning is the time to repent and to get rid of that. It's the time to get rid of it. Because you know when you're laying your head at night, you know, you're not happy. You're not blessed because there's this gulf that's between you and God. Yeah, there's some things that go right, but there's just so much that just doesn't go right and it just frustrates you and you don't know what's going on. And there's this emptiness and God wants to fill that up with Him. He wants to fill it up with your love. He wants to just take you to a different place, a different knowledge, a different level of knowledge in Him. This morning is just in place, those of you that will, that you're just saying, God i got to know you better. Can you step out of your seat and come forward here with me today? I'm going to be in this place here. I'm about to turn around. And I've just got to seek God here this morning for a few moments. I know it's almost ending time. But can we just take a few minutes and just seek God? And again, if there's something that you've got to lay down, and you know you've got to lay it down, just lay it down, church. Just lay it down. Just give it over to Him. And if there's that thing that you know you need to repent of, this morning I want you to do that as well. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Father God, right now, glory, hallelujah. Lord, I pray that we would know You better. Forgive us for being in the 80%. Forgive us for being in that place where we weren't digging in Your Word, Lord. Lord, forgive us where we cared what we looked like in front of somebody else. Lord, forgive us where we didn't speak up for truth. Forgive us where we didn't imitate your character. Father God, Lord, bring us to that place. That place where we know you. That we know, that we know, that we know. We just give it over right now. Church, just say it to God. Lord, I just give it over to you right now. Lord, we just just lift your hands to God and say, God, I I give it over to you right now. I lay it at your feet. I give it to you. I can't carry this burden anymore. Church, His burden is light. His burden is light. His yoke is easy and His burden is light. That's what the Scripture says. If you've been carrying it too long, lay it down right now. Lay it at the Lord's feet. Father God, I thank you that we're transformed this morning. We're transformed by your word. The word that you have spoken to us this morning to know, you're better, know you better. I thank you that we're just transformed by it, Father. Lord, that we would totally, totally, totally separate ourselves from the things of this world. That we would lay down those things that aren't pleasing to you. Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father God, I thank you for sending your son that bridges that gap. I thank you that bridge is being built. I see so many of you right now. The Lord's giving me a word and he's saying, I'm building the bridge. I'm building the bridge back to me. I'm building that bridge back to me. And see what I'll do in your life as that bridge is being built. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Church, it's one plank at a time. I can see it right now. That wooden bridge across that valley. And you just the valley, you didn't know how you're getting across it. That wooden planks are going down right now. That bridge is being uh, uh, built for you. It's being—it's That gap is being closed. It's no longer going to be there. Things are going to get easier as you begin to imitate God's character. Things are going to get easier as you begin to know and truly know His ways. There is breakthrough coming for many of you. If you need a breakthrough, get your hands up real high right now. Father, Lord, I thank you for a breakthrough coming for this church this church, the connection, I thank you for breakthrough in these families. I thank you for a breakthrough in the jobs, in the families, Lord. Lord, where there's been hindrances, I just come against those hindrances. I break them now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for breakthrough right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for an increase in faith, Lord, a level of faith, Lord. that that we have never seen before. Lord, that there is nothing that will separate us from you ever again in Jesus. That will ever separate us and hinder us from moving forward with your plan for our life. I call out jobs where jobs are needed right now. I call out salvation on family members. Lord, I call out right now these things before you and we lay it before you. Lord, I thank you for healings. I thank you for pain going out of bodies right now out of joints, out of backs right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for your touch, Lord, that we would never ever forget and know that you are God. And it was you, it was you who performed it and did it in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, can we give the Lord a huge praise? Hallelujah, glory.